when Jason asked if I would share, and then he gave me some pointers, um, the Lord immediately impressed upon my heart that I'm to share about communion and what it means to me. And then yesterday I read it's supposed to be five to seven minutes, and I'm like, (laughs) but anyway, um, for those of you who don't know me, I have only known the Lord for 36 years. I come to know him through the birth of our daughter, who was oxygen-starved at birth and has disabilities. Um, So it was difficult circumstances, but it was a very joyous occasion. Um, After we had spent about a month in the neonatal unit, we came home and I sought a church. Because when Aaron was born and I come to know the Lord, um, I knew I needed to find that church family to grow, because I did not grow up in a church. So I found this church in Lloydminster, Saskatchewan, and I had my first communion. And I can't even begin to express the joy that bubbled up within me, the belonging and the feeling of home that I felt at my first communion. I didn't understand all of it because I had no knowledge, no basis. But I looked around me and I saw what others were doing. And at that time, I just, I can't even express the joy that I felt. As I grew in my Christian life, This was in October, by the way. And as I grew in my Christian walk, um, and as we continued to have our communion, it became more and more personal. And um, I remember that um, first Easter that I took communion. And my first communion was filled with joy. And that Easter communion was filled with great remorse. Great remorse because I realized the price, the cost, And when I took the bread and I realized that cost and that he did it personally for me and that no matter if I was the only one, he would have paid that price. And when he paid that price, it was enough. It was filled and full and there was nothing I could add to it or take away from it. So on one side of the coin, there was huge remorse, but on the other side was tremendous joy and gratitude. And it humbled me and brought great meaning to the simple thing that we do that has such huge ramifications in our lives. I began to grow some more. And when I was in Lloydminster with my husband, um, it was like a desert place. We had no family close by, and I had this child with disabilities and a husband that didn't know the Lord, and I was so baby fresh. Um, But it was like a desert place for me, and it was a place that I look back on as a huge time of grateful thanksgiving because I dug into the Word, and I memorized it, and I prayed to Him, and I sought Him in every way possible at any time of need that I had. Scripture verses that I memorized back those days ago, 36 years ago, come to my mind today and remind me of where I have been and who I am and where I'm going. And I am so grateful for that desert place. But as I grew in the Lord and I took communion, I began to realize who I was. I am a child of the King, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And that is a huge privilege. That is a place of honor. I belong to him, and there is nothing that can take that away from me because I have been sealed with the Holy Spirit until the day of Christ. No matter what I do today, what I've done in the past, he paid for it all. 
and he has made me his child. And in that place of privilege and honor that I have, I began to learn that it is a place of responsibility. And we had one communion Sunday, and the pastor had taught about our responsibility when we come to this table. And the responsibility is that because I have been forgiven, regardless of how little or how great, my responsibility is in turn to forgive those who have offended me and seek forgiveness from those whom I have offended. And that was huge in realizing the responsibility that came as a child of the King of Kings. I'm not just saved. I'm in a process, and I'm learning as I go. And um, in that time of learning and understanding what my responsibilities are as a child of the King, it humbles my heart that I am a reflection of Him, and everything that I say and everything that I do should and needs to bring honor and glory to his name. When I look at this table with my human eyes, I see bread and I see wine. Nourishment for our physical bodies. It can be such a simple thing that we take for granted this thing because it's such simple elements. But when I look at this table through my spiritual eyes, I see grace and mercy poured out for me. There is so much more than what meets the eye here at this table. I pray that the simplicity of these elements never allow us to take for granted the huge cost and the great freedom of joy we have in him. Um, When I look at this table, my spiritual eyes can feast on something else too. Jesus said that But for the joy set before him, he went to the cross. Um, I want to read to you a scripture verse, and it's from Hebrews, and it's 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of, of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. Disregarding its shame, now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. So he did all of this for the joy set before him. And when I look at my, through my spiritual eyes, there is so much more than what we see here physically on this earth. And when I imagine that banquet table in heaven, I see it long and I see it wide. I see it surrounded by those who have gone before, faithful Christian women and men of God, people that I've loved over the years, people I've never met. But it is a huge banquet table that he has set up for us. And it will be a feast of the finest of things. And I don't think for one moment that we will be looking at this gift. I think we'll be looking at him because he's the one who made it possible for us to sit at the banquet table with him. So in saying that, I want you to know that there is so much more. It's just not what's here as we see with our physical eyes. It's our spiritual eyes that see so much more to come. And I pray that when I come to this table, 
And then when I look ahead at what there is to come, that I don't become so heaven-minded, so heaven-thoughtful, that I am no earthly good to him. He has created us all for a purpose, for his pleasure, and for his glory. And until you take that first sweet breath in heaven, there's more for you on this earth that he wants to do to bring glory and honor to his name. So never give up and never ever take for granted the cost. And yet, I do not want to be so earthly bound and grounded that I forget that there is so much more. That I forget. This is a privilege. This is a great honor to sit here in this room with fellow believers, men and women of God, people who have become children of God, to share in communion with you. And one day we will share in a greater feast. But for now, this here privilege and honor I take not for granted, and I pray that none of you will. There is a saying that I heard a long time ago that God has no grandchildren. He only has children. So I ask that you always know that individually he speaks to us. He says that he stands at the door of our hearts and he knocks. And if we would open that door, he will come in. I pray that there is no one here today that leaves that door closed. Because in leaving that door closed and just knowing about him, you miss out on a relationship that has eternal meaning, abundant joy, more than you can ever begin to understand. It's a day-to-day faith walk and learning how deeply God loves us all and how much the price was paid. I look at this table. I do not see just the bread and the wine. I see the sacrifice. I see what he has done, and I say thank you in my heart. And I pray that I will live a life that says thank you and that he would be lifted up and glorified in everything that I say and do. So I am very honored and privileged to take communion with you today. And I thank you. I want to read one more thing. One more thing. As I was thinking about this, um, my devotion, this came up, and it was just, it, was, it hit home. It says, he saw the crowds, had compassion for them. You are not lost in a crowd to him. He knows your name. He knows your need. I just want to say this about Jesus to somebody this morning. There is no end to his goodness, no bottom to the well. You cannot wear him out. He's not running low. He's not in a bad mood because it's you again. And John 1.16 says, For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. So, uh, this morning...